Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back once again to the Dirtbag Dugout, episode 22, here and live to you. It is, uh, let's see, it is August 28th, so I uh, decided to just do a double header for you guys. Uh, I appreciate you guys listening to episode 21, hashtag retire21. A lot of good stuff going on uh, regarding Roberto Clemente and his uh, his legacy and just the uh, overall efforts to preserve that. Like I said, once again, just another shout out to Hartford Yard Goats for, uh, you know, being the first of hopefully many to just um, forever preserve uh, his legacy, you know, in the uh, in the ring of honor where uh, I believe it rightly, you know, rightly should be. So, yeah, just uh, really excited as far as what's going on with that. But um, as far as actual baseball being played for this month we have a lot on deck a lot of not only individual exciting play but a lot of team success a lot of history being made a lot of just different different great narratives kind of kind of going about we saw over the last couple of weeks how the Mets kind of had the first place locked up and then all of a sudden, the East became a dogfight. We started seeing the Phillies kind of coming out of nowhere. We started seeing Bryce Harper kind of entering the four, you know, the fray of uh, possible National League MVP type conversation. Um, we've seen, obviously, the Astros just continue to find success. We actually have, speaking of history with the, the Astros specifically, we have Jordan Alvarez, uh becoming the fastest player in Astros history to reach 50 career home runs. So something that as far as a franchise, a franchise is concerned, definitely something that you want out of your, out of your players. You want, you want that, that type of tangible and immediate success. So shout out to Jordan Alvarez for that. Um, definitely have more history as far as the Diamondbacks achieving their no hitter. Uh, the first in Chase Field's history, Tyler Gilbert, I believe also a rookie as well. So uh, the eighth official no-hitter of the season, we have uh, Joe Musgrove, uh, Carlos Rodon, with John Means, Wade Miley, Spencer Turnbull, Corey Kluber, Zach Davies, Andrew Chafin, Ryan DePera, Craig Kimbrell. Craig Kimbrell, yeah, I feel like I'm... I keep uh, tongue-tying his name, but make sure to clarify that. But so we have, even with the Diamondbacks, you know, even though they're kind of just in uh, purgatory as far as the National League West is concerned, still being able to find success in other ways. Um, Same with the Cubs. We saw them uh, get swept by the Marlins not too long ago. Um, They were on their second 11 game losing streak or you know 10 plus game losing streak of the year you know at that point obviously they've uh managed to right ship a little bit but definitely uh definitely was a rough mark rough skid of games for the chicago as far as uh losing is also concerned we have also the general baseball world has lost has lost another active member of of its roster, of its uh, 
brotherhood. We have one Chris Davis announcing his retirement, obviously. You know, that was uh, announced a couple weeks back and, you know, definitely going to be missing his presence, especially as far as the uh, Baltimore organization is concerned. Um, and I think that that is a point also to take note of as far as whatever they uh, decide to do moving forward as far as obviously payout, but just uh, the roster spot <clears throat> and also regarding whatever they uh, decide to do moving forward as far as regards to roster uh, within uh, minor league call-ups. You know, however they, they decide to pursue free agency, maybe winter meetings. Uh, I'm not quite sure their cap space at this current time, but I know they haven't obviously made the big splash um, as some, I believe, wanted them to make for free agency. But at the same time, I do believe that they kind of saw the writing on the wall, so I'm not sure how much of a change we'll see in the coming weeks, but definitely a very noteworthy departure, regardless of how you feel about the Orioles or about Chris Davis himself, definitely something uh, that the game is going to be missing for sure. Um, definitely a lot of milestones as well on deck for this for this current season. We have Joey Votto obviously surpassing the 2,000 hit mark. Just another another you know perennial talent. Just you know, getting it done, just basically still homering everything in the box and just being dominant when he steps inside. So definitely glad to see him, you know, continuing that success and, you know, remains to be seen how how many he'll end up with when the season is said uh, and however, uh, however many he ends up uh, once his career is said and done. But definitely still an exciting player to watch. Definitely still... Still got it. I mean, if you're not watching him this year, then I don't know what you're doing because this dude is definitely, he's still mashing the crap out of some balls. So speaking of mashing, we have Miggy Cabrera eclipsing the 500 home run mark. Not only that, but also becoming the sixth foreign-born player. First from Venezuela. Amazing. Amazing, amazing, amazing. One of four players to also hit the Triple Crown, won a World Series title, and an MVP award. Along with Jimmy Fox and Mickey Mantle, Frank Robinson. No one in this group, however, has had 3,000 hits. And I have to say, by the time I took this note, this was a couple of days ago, but he was about 45 hits away from this, so... Already in a very, very, very exclusive club with where he currently sits, but then being 45 hits away from being in a league of his own, you have to absolutely give him his flowers. Not only for this season, as I said before, just waiting to see how he decides to ride off into the sunset, but to know that he is really literally, you know, hits away, you know, several hits away from being in an entire conversation of his own. So I'm really excited to see how how the rest of September ends up for for him, considering that he's already kind of in a league of his own, but, you know, just definitely continuing to add to his already impressive resume and his already impressive legacy. Um, also, 
Talking about legacy, we have Yadier Molina signing up for another year with the Cardinals. Speaking of legacy, definitely looking forward to seeing how the Cardinals try to make this this push for the playoffs and and whatever they decide to do going into this next year, knowing that they still have that that Hall of Famer still at the backstop, you know, willing to strap it on and give it one more go for one last year and put his body on the line and, you know, put the blood, sweat, and tears out there. So I'm really looking forward to seeing if the, the Cardinal, you know, Cardinals ownership decides to step up, especially, um, like I said, winter meetings, everything that's going to be the big topic now that we're in September. You know, it's basically that last that last month, October ball. You know, once you're in the playoffs, it's a whole different beast. That's a whole different conversation. I mean, if you think about it, obviously we already know who's in the playoffs once, you know, October 1st hits. So, um at that point, the conversation kind of shifts into, I mean, aside from the actual playoffs itself, there's all there's also a uh, a side conversation, obviously, that leads into winter meetings, any off season, you know, acquisitions, any retooling. Obviously, the draft. We talk about spring training. You know, there's a whole there's a whole other side side uh, conversation to it. So it is going to be a point. Especially given if you're a team where you kind of already know where you're headed, you know, at a certain point in the season, you're already, as I've said before, already starting to make those moves months ahead of time. So, you know, this will kind of be a little more of a tangible exhibit of what the Cardinals have actually been trying to plan out or what, you know, what they're trying to execute when it comes time to make those moves. Once it comes time to actually have those meetings and make those make those requests make, you know, make those, uh, how do I say, not only requests, you know, as far as shopping your players, but, you know, just trying to fill out the market. We'll see if they're actually trying to be aggressive, if they are buyers, if they are sellers. So uh, all in all, like I said, knowing the fact that you have, you have that guy behind you, whatever you are trying to build in the next step, um, you know, that's pretty much in your court, you know, long story short, it's basically in the front office's court as far as any tangible uh, addition that they want to make in order to really make a splash in the National League. Because as, as we can see, there are plenty of contenders, plenty of contenders in the National League. And, and having having somebody of this caliber in such a critical position for what he does provide to you in the tangibles and intangibles, you got to do something with that, especially if he's giving you one more year. So to kind of wrap it up with him, uh, let's see, he is, uh, let's see, I believe even with his bat, he earned multiple hits in a game for the 556th time of, of his career, uh, tied him on, tied him for fifth in the list of pretty, some pretty legendary players. Like I, I believe obviously I've had this, have had these notes for about a week, I believe. So obviously the numbers could be, uh, could be a little skew at this point, but, uh, just to make a note of it. We have Ivan Rodriguez leading at 786. We have Jason Kendall, uh, 589. Bill Dickey with 568. Carlton Fisk at 557. Yadier Molina uh, at 556. Mike Piazza, obviously, at 556. So at this point, adding up to the couple of uh, multi-hit multi-hit games that we may see from him when it comes time, you know, this, this list could look a little bit different when, you know, not only this season concludes, but the the next season when his career itself is is through so definitely something 
to keep your mind on, like, regardless of how the Cardinals are, are doing, definitely keep your eye on whatever Yadier Molina is, is doing whenever he's behind the plate or at the plate. So as far as behind the plate and at the plate and also the response, there actually also should be a note regarding the historic turnaround of the Mets as far as defensive runs saved. The difference between a year. Now, I know I'm sure that the Mets are definitely not the first team you think of when you think of defensive, how do I say, defensive prowess or defensive, um, I don't want to say defensive excellence. I'm not trying to say it in, in a too negative of a connotation, but it's it's not something where you think, okay, hey, that outfield is just, there's nothing you know, it's the black hole or whatever. You don't think of like the big three of an outfield, but but within within the span of a year, from 2019 to 2021, so basically within this whole 2020 season, over the span of that difference of that season to what we're seeing currently, uh, they shifted in the number of plate appearances against them. So they shifted in 14% of plate appearances against them, which ranked 28th, and that was in 2019. In 2021, they shifted in 53% of plate appearances, which currently, uh, when I, or at the current time of my notes, was ranked first. So basically going from a mark of negative 44 defensive run save to a positive 41 defensive run save. So basically that 14% against them to 53% against them. A whopping, a whopping difference in percentage, a whopping difference as far as the, the amount of offense that you're nullifying on your opponents, on your opponent's end. So not only, not only are you in a way, stifling whatever whatever is being thrown at you, you're ex- you know it's not only nullifying you're more than exceeding because that is a very great, very great shift. You basically go from last to first. Not only you're not only being able to improve, you're you're able to literally be at the height of of capability. So that is definitely something that, especially in a, a if it's not a historic turnaround it fills in such a way just because of the amount of like I said just the the sheer difference in the numbers just off like I said just that one note obviously you can get a little more into uh into the numbers if you like obviously baseball reference is always there uh there's always saber you know the saber metrics and whatnot but I mean just in general off you know off the just general sight test seeing that really gives you really kind of gives you hope as far as Mets fans are concerned that hey you can really you can really see a tangible difference as far as you know analytics are concerned or you know what you may actually see uh in front of you on the field so definitely something to look forward to as far as whatever the Mets if they do continue to um you know add into that number I mean I know some Mets fans it may not feel like it but 
that that's the numbers that I have in front of me. So I would hope that it it definitely makes itself more tangible as far as the the narrative, I guess, I guess to say. So I, like I said before, the numbers are definitely there. So I hope that the narrative definitely changes a bit by by. But by no means am I am I uh, trying to advocate as far as you know, this big three or this black hole outfield. This just, I thought it was a very, very noteworthy, if not historic type of turnaround given a season, given one season. But at the same time, we have seen that season of of ownership change as far as um, free agency acquisition as well and just different things of that nature. Um, kind of leading into the next point I did want to make, there was um, a historic stretch a two-week stretch of of uh contractual history so basically between july 27th and august 9th there was 5.2 billion dollars worth of new player contracts uh, and this is across all sports all american sports so national football league so yes nfl the nba nhl mlb the big four right between these four, there's $5.2 billion spread across these four businesses, these four sports in uh, contractual agreements, uh, basically marking the largest amount in any than any other 14-day stretch in history. So basically, if you look up Sportico, that's S-P-O-R-T-I-C-O uh, on Instagram, I believe that's their same handle on Twitter as well. You can see uh, the breakdown. They, they're a pretty good page as far as, you know, the business and numbers behind sports. But this is this is very much available. Um, I believe the, the source that they have from this is uh, from Sport Track. So basically a lot of money in between that stretch of free agency, trade deadline, midseason for a lot of these, you know, summer league draft for a lot of these type of you know, for these, for the four American, whoa, sorry, four major American sports, like I was saying uh, before. Uh, it's basically, like I said, that that contractual equinox where it's the perfect time in between most sports. So definitely uh, a general time frame to keep your eyes, to keep your eyes looking towards um, as far as the business of sports, because I think that that would be where you would see a lot of rumblings the most, a lot of, you know, pre-draft, pre-trade, um, everything. If if history serves us right, there's always a lot of rumors, especially given, you know, June, July, August, you know, kind of across all of sports, you know, regardless of, of what you're a fan of. So definitely something to... Uh, to take note of as far as, you know, the next time this comes around, uh, maybe next year we'll see, you know, especially given that there are some, there are some pretty, pretty good uh, free agents that will be coming up. And I believe uh, one of these podcasts to be coming up will definitely be breaking down, will definitely be breaking down the upcoming free agents. But I know for sure that there are quite a few names that, that will be a little eye opening. So um, given the fact that, there is so much money, you know, as I said, across the major sports at this one given time. I am curious to see how some of these uh, front offices will 
will decide to pursue some of these agents, you know, moving forward, especially as I said before, winter meetings, you know, whatever have you, trade acquisitions, if if there's anything going to be as far as uh, extensions, you know, arbitration, whatever have you, you know, any kind of uh, spring training type drama, hopefully not, you know, hopefully nothing, nothing of that sort. But, you know, there is still a lot of ball to be played as far as this season is concerned and definitely a lot more uh, news to be had as far as off season. So, you know, uh, definitely something to look forward to as far as next season is concerned. You know, once uh, I think the dust settles and we can kind of see how how some of these teams decide to react to whoever, you know, ends up uh, winning the actual championship. But given given that there will be sizable there will be a sizable gap between between the seasons expect expect there to be a little more lull i would say a little more strategic you know so to speak type of um type of movements like i said rumblings may may be here or there but i mean that's that could be at any time i mean the sports especially sports twitter is always wild you know, if you definitely follow any of like baseball Twitter, NBA Twitter, it's always wild. So I think um, once the dust kind of settles with that, I think 2022 will also be will also be something to to look forward to. Like I said, we also have the Field of Dreams game again. Uh, however, some other changes given the rule changes. Um, if you haven't also heard, there will be a. Uh, change of the guard as far as official official uh how would i say this official trading cards the uh the license of officially from mlb is uh transferring from tops to fanatics uh definitely ending a very long standing relationship 71 years uh, tops is definitely you know, you think of Tops, Fleer, Don Russ, you think of the top, you know, speaking of types of foundational uh, sports trading cards, conglomerates, whatever you want to call them, you know, the titans of the card of the card game. So the fact that I'm not I'm not mad at there being there being a market, there should be diversity and that kind of the market kind of does develop kind of does determine the value but at the same time kind of changing up an official i mean i can see i can see the benefit of that trying to change up the game but also i don't believe fanatics has the credibility that that maybe a flairwood or a panini or that a don russ like i said before that that any of these would would be lesser than i mean fanatics has been known for other things so i mean obviously surrounding the sports world but just to see this move is also um i mean aside from shocking to say the least but it definitely it raised my eyebrows a little bit more just because of not only the long-standing nature that tops had and just because it's known for such you know in such esteem or such a uh you know, such an official stance or a uh, a standard, you know, basically a benchmark. Um, but just to see how this kind of future, 
the future business dealings within this, how how long this this current deal goes. I, I don't have the determination as far as the uh, the terms, the, the life of the contract. But, you know, suffice to say, you know, they could continue to renew this, you know, for maybe 10 years, for 5, 10 years, 15 years, who knows. Um, my... My other concern is obviously the uh, the market value of some cards, how that changes uh, certain official merchandise. Um, and another thing I, I did want to get into was the, I don't want to say the possibility, but just the premise of adding advertisements on jerseys, how that may lead to it just because of certain merchandising uh, avenues kind of opening up and that kind of just snowballing into into other other cans of worms if you if you will like for example i kind of actually took a note on um of this the other day we actually had a uh a change coming up for the 22 23 season for the nhl regarding jersey advertisements so a little three inch by three and a half inch space is now allotted, will now be allowed by, you know, by advertisers to obviously, you know, try to purchase ad space. Uh, I believe that the team will ultimately have final say in who gets the space. Um, but, you know, basically the uh, Board of Governors with the NHL voted unanimously. So, you know, it's not that far-fetched to, to think that, you know, MLB... Rob Manfred and, and all the owners looking to recoup their losses from 2020, you know, may decide, hey, OK, cool. We got the Nike patch here. Let's put another, you know, we got another shoulder. Let's put another patch there for something. And I got to say, like I've said before with the NBA, it just doesn't look right. I don't like seeing that little Clorox patch on the corner of the Bucks arena, especially in the middle of the finals. I don't care about Clorox on what should be about an epic game of ball. I shouldn't have to wonder, oh God, am I going to have to get a square space, you know, patch on my, on my $250 Jersey, just because the owners want to make a quick buck. And maybe that's just me. Maybe you're fine with that space, but I, for one, don't like the idea of it. I just don't, I don't think that it has a place there. You're already buying enough space within the stadium, which I don't agree with either. I don't like, buying the ad space along the outfield wall you already have the advertisements along the the stadium lights you know i'm looking at dodger stadium even as much as i love it you know you're already buying space inside the stadium and you know there's just advertisements everywhere so you know it's just another another thing to kind of just add an extra it doesn't add to the game if any you know basically that's that's kind of my my general stance on it like i understand the need for advertisements for marketing i get it you want to make money but at the same time i it just doesn't add anything to the game for me and um just to see that at least like i just making a note as far as the the unanimous voting in i just kind of uh it kind of struck me that the writing is kind of on the wall as far as you know the national the national hockey league is is obviously a little a little less viewed than MLB but at the same time if they're obviously trying to make that move then you know why wouldn't 
a, a, a larger corporation looking to reel in, you know, some extra, some extra resources, why wouldn't they be at least open to the idea? So definitely something to keep your ears open to as far as any kind of rumblings um, with potential partners, you know, either trying to inquire or, you know, if there's anything that may, uh, that may hint towards that. So uh, like I said, just a general thought, just because I, I did see that that was something that was unanimous, but at the same time, seeing that um, certain rule changes have already kind of been adopted, you know, kind of in haste. So, you know, it wouldn't be too far-fetched to see something something of that nature kind of coming down the pipeline. So, you know, we still have a lot of ball to be to be had. Um, episode 23 will definitely have uh, power rankings, updated power rankings. Uh, definitely we'll have current stats because I want to get that going for the official September podcast. Um, yeah, I just wanted to wrap up August and a lot of historic stuff that we've been seeing in the uh, second to last full month of regular season baseball. So definitely stuff to look forward to as far as these next four weeks of September are concerned. Well, technically five, five weeks, four and a half, however many, I don't know how you count your calendars, but anyway, definitely more than enough weeks of amazing ball to be played. Uh, we we have like obviously the Giants continuing to keep crushing the the uh, you know the tens marks now you know eighty plus wins probably gonna skyrocket to ninety might just reach a hundred before before the end of the season so definitely some fireworks in the National League to look forward to um, obviously we had Freddie Freeman hit for the cycle the other day so definitely looking forward to seeing how how the Braves kind of adjust to looking for that push as far as the National League uh, East is concerned. Um, same thing with the Phillies. Same thing, uh, I believe, same thing with the Yankees on, on, you know, the American League East side, you know, on their historic run as well, trying to really just establish themselves and make a good second half push as they, you know, won 11 straight, I believe, maybe 12. So, you know, there's a lot, a lot on obviously the A's, as I said before, the Astros as well. Um, a couple a couple of different teams, Tampa Bay, Toronto's in the mix. We have the Mariners who kind of just stuck around for a bit. Um, you know, the Red Sox got Chris Sale. There's there's just so much going on this month that was going on this month and that's gonna be that's gonna be going on just to wrap up the the last full full month. And I'm more I'm more than ecstatic to see how the next couple of weeks end up. Um it's gonna be it's gonna be electric, like I like I keep saying, it's gonna be phenomenal it's going to lead into a pretty great postseason i'm pretty sure there's going to be uh, a lot to be said as far as you know certain seating uh, however the wild card race ends up um obviously if they decide to juice the balls for the postseason or not so there's a lot there's a lot going to be coming down the pipeline but uh yeah let's just wrap up the these last couple of days of august and uh yeah i will have uh episode 23 on deck uh in the next couple of days just Let's uh I guess we'll get you know first couple of days of September ball in and we'll see how the next you know how the next couple of weeks might shape up as far as like I said power rankings and you know what the uh playoff picture might look like you know come October 1st so yeah as always I I appreciate the follows I appreciate the listens you know the shares the comments you know the DMs all that all that good stuff and uh you know definitely the support and uh 
and yeah, just keep sending stuff my way. If you, uh, if you want me to talk about it, I'll throw a couple more questions and whatnot up on Instagram stories. You know, you can always follow on Twitter as well. Twitter's a dirtbag dugout. The Instagram is the dirtbag dugout. Definitely find us on Facebook or me on Facebook uh, at the dirtbag dugout, the dirtbagdugout.com as well. You know, we're definitely, I say we because it's basically a company. It's going to end up being more than just me. But basically here at the dugout, it's all of us as a family. Um, and I appreciate you guys adding to this and making this more than just, you know, more than just me. When I say we, I mean all of you listening, all of you giving the support and, you know, sending stuff my way because I build I build this dugout based off what you guys give me and what I try to make, you know, what I try to build based off you guys. So I appreciate all the uh, all the good feedback, all the good stuff and stats, you know, that you send my way, you know, just to help me get better, help uh, make the dugout better for you guys and help tell tell the right stuff you know, tell the right stories as far as, you know, each season is concerned and as each uh, narrative and each team is concerned. So again, I appreciate the love. I appreciate that support. And uh, yeah, I'll look forward to, to giving you guys some quality stuff when when, uh, when, uh, when I drop episode 23. So until then, stay tuned, dirtbags.